Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. You're gonna grab, find three or four, not grab. <laughs> you're gonna find, you're gonna find three or four people around you and talk about this question this morning to start. When's the last time you made a mistake? <laughs> Enjoy. I love sharing about mistakes first thing in the morning. Um, okay, so we are going to continue in Exodus. We're gonna be in Exodus chapter two today. Uh, so where we left off, uh, if you were here last week, weren't here last week, um, the, the Egypt Pharaoh had just said uh, to the Egyptian midwives, if you see a, a Hebrew woman giving birth and it's a boy, um, and uh, then they like scammed Pharaoh and they were like, no, we're not gonna do it, they made up a story. But anyways, now they were like, no, all Egyptian boys or Hebrew boys um, cannot live. So that's where we find the beginning of this story. So now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she couldn't, could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. By the way, we're reading a lot of this today, I'm going to read it kind of fast, but if you miss anything... You can watch the first 15 minutes of The Prince of Egypt, and it will catch you all the way up. <clears throat> she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you kill the Egyptian? Oop. Then Moses was afraid and thought, what, a, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill troughs to water their father's flock. That's okay. That's good. You're up to speed, right? This is a, uh, there's a lot happening, okay? There's a lot of this story, but 
Uh, here's what I want to talk about this morning. So Moses has uh, this story, this life, a set of circumstances through no fault of his own that he is born into, that he lives into, that he's experiencing, and then he finds himself angry and enraged, and he tries to help. He sees his people hurting, and he tries to help, but in helping, he actually does harm, and in doing that harm, then he gets shaded on by the people that he was trying to help, and then he runs, and then he hides in Midian, okay? And as I was reading this, and as we're going through this uh, Old Testament journey, this Torah journey this year, it's hilarious to me how much wisdom and how relatable some of these stories are with a different lens, right? Okay, if I'm being completely honest, the first thing I thought of when I read this story was like Instagram summer 2020 with people posting black squares, okay? Well, hear, hear me out. Um, so I feel like there were so many people, so many white people in particular in our country who summer 2020, they were like, what? What's going on? I just realized I'm a part of this thing. There's this bigger thing going on. And I was handed a set of circumstances and I didn't know something and now I know it, and I see something bad happening so I'm going to help. And then they try to help. But then the people they're trying to help is like, that's performative. You're not helping. And they're like, what? I'm not helping. Never mind. I'm going to Midian crickets. Right? <laughs> And it makes sense, and it's, it's a very relatable feeling is a thing, because I think we've all been there. I remember in my past evangelical life going on a mission trip thinking, I'm helping. I'm really, really helping. And then I go a few years down the road, and I realize I was harming. I was in an accountability group. I was teaching young girls about purity, like, I'm helping. No, I wasn't. I was harming, Right? And all of those things, this is a relatable feeling of you're trying to help, you learn something new, you, you have a set of circumstances that you get born into, you have a reality of the way the world works, and you think, this isn't right, I should help, I should save, I should do something, I should be a part of something, and then people around you are like, that's not the right way, and then you're like, I'm going to go hide in Midian, right? This is very relatable. At some point, we have all missed the mark, we have, ugh. In the name of evangelicalism, I'm sure across this room, we've done some things, right? I always laugh at my, my dad was an engineer. And then when I was 10, he got like called to be a pastor and has since deconstructed a lot of his faith. He's like, dang, bet you wish he would have stayed an engineer for all those years. Um, <laughs> just kidding. He's doing fine. But, right? I'm like, man, how many pay cuts did we take in the name of the Lord? And now we're like, should have stayed at that job, right? But the reality is that this is a part of our reality, is that we will be handed a set of circumstances. We will become angry or we will learn something new or something will happen and we will try and then we will fail. We will be held accountable. We will do something wrong and then we will go and hide. We will retreat. This is, this is all of us, right? There, <laughs> when Sammy and I, my wife and I, we, we were in Austin, and, and we moved to Austin for our study abroad year. And, um, and we're very social people, and we knew like four friends, we had like four friends in Austin. And so one night we uh, had to go return something at a store in an area of town. We didn't go a lot, and there was like a sushi spot. So we're like, let's get some sushi. And we sit down at the sushi bar, and next to us is this guy, and he has like a big tattoo right here that says, Made in Newport. Okay, so my, my wife, who's from Orange County, she's like, oh, I wonder if he's from like Orange County. I was like, he's probably not from Newport, Rhode Island, if I'm being honest. And so um, 
We're like, hey, man, are you from Orange County? We end up like striking up a conversation. He's with his best friend. We become friends. And they're like, you know what? You guys should come have a drink with us at this next place. It's really cool. Have you ever been there? We're like, no. We're like, look at us making friends. OK, so the four of us like walk out of the sushi spot. We're only walking a few blocks to the next place. And we barely know these people, OK? We met this guy. His name is Joe. 30 minutes ago, right? So um, I'm walking, like talking with him, and this like group of a few, like three like beautiful women is walking this way. We're walking this way. So I'm like talking to my new friend Joe, and Joe stops and uh, to the group of girls, he's like, "Hey, you dropped something," and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Your smile." And I was like, "Oh no, Joe!" So I'm like. <laughs> Before I could even wrap my mind around it, these, these girls went off on Joe, okay? And they're like, you can't tell women to smile. What year do you think it is? I mean, they're going on and on. I'm like, yeah. And then they look at me. And they're like, you need to get your friend. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we just, uh, no, I, um, we, I don't, he's not with, we're not together. Um, so we're walking, like, they leave, and Joe's like, that was crazy. I was like, no, it wasn't, Joe. So, um, so then, like, the, for the next few blocks, I'm like, Joe, you can't, you know, we're talking about it. And, I'm, and, and finally, I'm like, how many people tell you to smile when you're walking? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm getting it. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're getting it. You know, this is how this works. Joe gets it. And so, um, like, the next block, there's a group of, like, bros, like, Tea time this morning, they're playing golf, not having tea, and they're out now, and there's like seven of them, and I'm, you know, talking, and Joe's like, hey, dudes, <laughs> you dropped something. And they're like, what? He's like, your smile. And they're like, what? <laughs> and then Joe looks back at me like, so please, like, I did feminism. And I'm like, <laughs> huh. You know, close. You know, it's, it was something. It was an attempt. Um, and I think about Joe all the time. Because I'm like, you know what? I think there's probably a lot of ways in my life. I'm Joe. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm killing it at this. And I very much am not. And I'm about to find out that I'm not. And when you find out you're not, it's actually really painful. Right? Um, not so much for Joe. I think he went on to have a great night and probably never thought about it again. But, <clears throat> but for the rest of us. Um, there's something really hard about being vulnerable, opening yourself up, and it doesn't go well. So you hide. There's something really hard about thinking you're being helpful in a relationship, and you actually realize you were enabling. Something really hard about thinking that you're saving people, and you're bringing uh, light and, and love, and you're actually spiritually manipulating people. It's incredibly painful. And so we go and we hide in Midian. And the thing about Midian is it's not all bad. You go to Midian, you can find some sheep, you're going to find a wife, that's what Moses did. He got some sheep, he got a wife, he took a nap probably. So it's not all bad, and I think we need those moments. But the danger of Midian is that it's a lot easier to critique what's happening in Egypt if you're sitting in Midian. Meaning, the places in which that we have tried and failed or gotten called out or, or done harm or have harm done to us, those are the places that are easiest to hide from and also the easiest to critique from. We love critiquing from Midian in 2022, okay? 
I get it. You have an opinion on Chris Rock and Will Smith. <clears throat> let's, let's move on to I get it. You have 900,000 critiques of the evangelical church, but where are you hurting and are you addressing it? There's this false ideology, I think, circling around currently in our culture that there is a way to be right all the time, that you can have the right ideology, you can go to the right kind of church, you can read the right kind of books, you can be woke enough that you will never be wrong again. LOL, right? But that's the air that we put on when we're in Minion. And you can go to Minion and you can recover and you can recoup and you can read Brene Brown and you can do all these things. But do you want to be perfect or do you want to be about bringing freedom? Because you certainly cannot be both. If you want to be about what Moses goes on to be about, which is, I messed up. I didn't do it right. I, I have Egyptians in the sand. I didn't do this, but I'm going to go back because bringing freedom to this area is what I am here for. Right. And so the areas in which we have fled to Midian, I would argue, are the areas that our lives need freeing the most. And in finding that freedom is the only way that we can bring that freedom to others. And in finding and bringing freedom, what I can assure you is you will get it wrong. You will mess up, you will be held accountable, and you will go to Midian, and it's imperative that you come back and get back in the game. And that's really hard to do. I remember a couple of months ago, a friend and I, I don't know what kind of space I was in. Um, it wasn't a couple, it was probably a year ago. It's time. When I say last year, I mean 2019, everybody, just so we're clear. <laughs> so when I say a couple months ago, I probably mean like around a year ago. Um, <clears throat> but I'm at lunch with this friend who like, and, and this is when we were in Austin, so I'm, I'm sort of taking space from church and I'm trying to figure out all these things. And so is he. And then we like get this grand plan to like take down this particular evangelical leader that we both just like find upsetting. Okay, so we're like, yeah, oh my gosh, we're devising this plan. We're like, oh, here's how we could bring him down, and we could like, put, and literally we're like writing notes to like plot and take down this like man, okay? And at some point I was like, I, this doesn't feel like me. <laughs> um, what, who, what's going on? And then I'm really realizing that when it comes to church, evangelicalism, people that say, Everyone always, everyone's welcome all the time, but it actually wasn't me. I'm hurt, and I'm hurt, and so I want you to hurt, right? And that's where that is coming from. And me realizing that's where that's coming from made me be like, okay, I have work to do. I have work to do. I do not want to hurt people because I am hurting. I want to be about freedom. And the tricky thing is that a lot of time that work could look similar if you like tilt your head a little bit. <laughs> I think we do a lot of harm in the name of accountability, and before you come at me and talk about accountability, yes, it's important. And we've all experienced it, and we will hold others accountable. But I think when we think about our own work and the areas in which we have experienced bringing harm in the name of helping, we are so shut down and we are so far removed from things, and we are in Midian, and Midian does not breed empathy. Midian is throwing rocks of those. Can you imagine, like, Twitter and Midian? Like, LOL, at Egypt, what a mess. Like, you know? 
But at some point, we have to get in that game. And this could be anything across the board. I don't know where you have been pushed or fled to Midian. This could be vulnerability in friendships. You tried it, it didn't work, and you were like, doot, 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 lock it up. This could be with social justice. You tried it, you thought you were helping, someone said you weren't, so you're like, doot, 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 I'm done. This could be in art, you put it out, someone didn't like it, boom, boom, I'm done. I don't know what it is for you. And I was talking to my wife, and I was uh, going over my thoughts for this morning, and she was like, what do you want people to walk away with? And I was like, I think I just, I want us all to think about where in our lives have we ran to Midian? And where do we need to go back? The thing is, we all know what Moses ends up like doing, right? There's a Red Sea, there's freedom, there's lots of cool things, and I'm absolutely obsessed that this is how the story starts. The story starts by saying the very thing that you want freedom from, the very people you want to help, the very thing in your life that you need to reconcile, it starts up with you f***ing it up really bad. I didn't say it, but I, I implied it. Um, <laughs> I see the kids. <clears throat> It, it starts off with you saying, like, I was genuinely trying to help, and I didn't do that, and so I fled. That makes so much sense. Do you know how hard it is to be vulnerable after you were vulnerable once and it didn't work? Do you know how hard it is to open yourself up to God after you feel like that's what was used to manipulate you for so many years of your life? You know what it's like to be back in church after church was a thing? Do you know how hard this is? But this is the work that is worth it. Because this is the work that leads to the freedom that we so desperately need in our lives. I'm ending, man. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but seriously, I love this story. I love this journey. I love the idea of Midian. I love the idea of saying, that didn't work. That wasn't good. So I need to go take a nap. Maybe find a wife, <laughs> you know? Get some sheep. But at some point, to bring healing and freedom to the area of your life that is closed off, that is far, that is distant, you're going to have to get back in the game. And not only does that bring freedom to you and the people around it, but it builds empathy that you cannot get another way. Yeah. You know who I don't envy? Anyone. <laughs> like, the more life I live, the more I get into my own stuff, I'm like, <clears throat> do I think I could do better than Biden? I don't know. I do not envy that man, and I'm not about to throw stones for Midian. I have a different kind of empathy because I'm in some stuff that I'm like, man. It's hard being a human. That doesn't take away accountability, but that acknowledges a different form of empathy that we can't have when we're in Midian, that we need to have when we go back into our Egypt, whatever that is for you. So my encouragement to us all is if there's a part of you that's in Midian and you have a safe distance and you feel good about that gap and it's over there and you don't have to deal with it and you can critique and you can call it and you can do those things, it might be time to go back. The freedom that you deserve, the freedom that is going to be brought is on the other side of that gap. With that, you're gonna grab the same three or four people, <clears throat> and the question is this, where in your life do you want to bring freedom? Enjoy.
Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.